This is Bill Messerly with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio bringing you a special Frontline of Hope update with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for Friday, the seventh week of Easter. And Bishop Brennan, this will be the last time in your updates that we'll be saying Happy Easter, but Happy Easter and welcome. Happy Easter. Thank you very much. Thank you. So well, this week uh, is a big week, isn't it? It certainly is. It certainly is, and we've been looking forward with great anticipation to this Pentecost weekend and the opening of our churches and our being gathered together again. And how beautiful today we go back for these last days of Easter. The church brings us back to the resurrection and that one of my favorite scenes, the scene of Jesus meeting the apostles at the shore and cooking breakfast for them. You know, they, they remember that account where Simon Peter, he wants to go back to his normal life. He says, I'm going fishing. And Jesus appears to them. Well, here's the rest of that story. He brings them to the shore and he, he brings in that hall of fish and he says, come, come and join me. Come be with me. And he says three times, or asks him the question three times, do you love me? Yeah, isn't that great? He asks him three times, but there's a second part to the question. So he says, do you love me? And Peter responds, of course I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep, tend my sh- feed my sheep, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. And, um, and that, that is a powerful tool. In one sense, he's handing over the church, the care of the church, Peter, the first pope, right? But the other thing is, if you, Jesus is saying, if you love me, look out for one another, care for one another. And then he says to him, and when he finished all this, he said to Peter, follow me. You know, Bill, um, this call of Jesus to follow him and this call of Jesus to look out for one another becomes particularly pertinent today. It's certainly part of what we've been going through as we've experienced this a coronavirus pandemic, but there's something very troubling that we're facing together as a nation um, as we see the terrible um, the, the terrible situation involving the death of uh, Mr. George Floyd in Minneapolis. Um, and that really brings about it rise to deep sadness. It really um, troubles us what what happened there. Um, One of the things when Jesus talks to us about following him, he's really asking us to walk in his ways. And the ways of Jesus have no room for racism. They have no room for uh, physical harm. There's no room for hatred or destruction of of other people. following Jesus is a call to life. And so as Christians, as people of faith, what we want to do is call out those kinds of things. Now, you know, it's also, there's a lot of tension in the air. And uh, we, saw the, we saw the fruits of that tension right here in Columbus last night with what began as a pre- peaceful protest and then became very destructive um, in, in the town here. And that's very sad and very unfortunate because that really contradicts what the peaceful protesters were doing. <laughs> the peaceful protesters were calling for justice and for the right treatment of people, for hum- dignity for human life. And um, what some have done in that situation actually uh, 
contradicts those calls for justice and for right. I read an so, article last night uh, on mm-hmm. on righteous rage, and I was a little disappointed in the article because it um, said that you cannot tell somebody not to be not violent, um, that they, they should be violent when they're angry. Can you speak to that? Uh, I know that that's a, a touchy uh, topic, and, and maybe it's not something that can even be answered, but um, we are called to respect each other and to never hate each other, and, um, and it's difficult to, to share love or show love when uh, well, times are troubling. Yeah, it, what ends up happening is that um, what ends up happening is we contradict our own message. So if we're going to be credible in our condemnation of violence and injustice, then we have to, we also have to live it. And, I, and I, you know, I would say that most people who, who are upset by this ex- if, if believe that and act that way and show that. They show that kind of respect. And they are, their actions are consistent with what they're, they're, they're stating. Unfortunately, the actions of some then really undercut all the, the good that, that people of uh, integrity are trying to do. And, you know, likewise, I don't know everything that happened, and we have to we call for an investigation. Um, but clearly, I, I know I, I come out of a law enforcement background, and I know a lot of people in law enforcement, and nobody – Nobody wants to, can justify what what happened here in Minneapolis. Um, our, our, our law enforcement people are very good people. Um, they themselves find this abhorrent, and uh, they're really working to keep us all safe and secure. Um, but we all recognize that, on the one hand, this is a singular situation, and that's wrong. On the other hand, we also recognize that maybe we have to take a good look at the way, way uh, policies and the way that we carry out policies um, so, that they, so that people do feel um, respected and protected and you know, fundamental rights of those most at risk are, are, are understood. So uh, on the one hand, again, this is a particular instance, but on the other hand, it's a call for us to rec- say, maybe we do have to look at systemic changes. And we do have to look at the reality of racism in our community. You know, one of the things I was thinking about as we approach the Feast of Pentecost this week, um, the vigil of Pentecost takes us back to the story of the Tower of Babel. Remember that story in the book of Genesis? And remember how people were working together to unseat God. You know, sin, God created the world to be good. Sin enters the world, and people are starting to work together to unseat God. And the result of their sinful behavior was that they were scattered, that they lost their ability to understand each other. They, this is sort of the uh, beginning, you say, of the different languages, but the beginning of Babel, <laughs> right? Babel, we talk about people <laughs> babbling on. <laughs> But that's what it is. It's the beginning of Babel, people babbling on. And, and, and uh, sin causes a lack of our ability to understand one another. But the feast that we're coming up upon with Pentecost, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit undoes Babel. 
the Holy Spirit undoes what sin is doing and continues to try to do. And um, I had planned to talk about the um, fruits of the Holy Spirit this weekend at Mass, you know? Remember those fruits of the Holy Spirit? Charity, yeah, joy, yeah, peace, patience. Yeah, I do, and, and there are patience, different fruits for each person. Kindness, goodness, generosity. You got it. You got it. Gentleness, faithfulness, modesty, self-control, chastity. Different fruits for each person, but also a little bit of everything for everybody, too. You know, We should all have a lot of these in them. But these fruits of the Holy Spirit... What the Holy Spirit does is undoes Babylon. So, so remember what happened when um, Peter went out to preach the gospel of, of Jesus. He spoke in his language. Everybody understood Peter in their own language. The Holy Spirit undid the evil of Babel. The Holy Spirit undid the division, what sin does. And unfortunately, in the world today, we still have the fruits of Babel. We still have the fruits of sin and division and death. We see it in racism. We see it in so many unfortunate ways in our world today. The sins of the, the fruits of Babel are still around us. But for us as people of faith, we want to we know that the Holy Spirit wants to help us to overcome that. And so the Holy Spirit fills us with the fruits of the Holy Spirit so that we can transform the world. You know how we always say, send forth your spirit, O Lord, and renew the face of the earth? God's saying, okay, I'll renew the face of the, first of the earth. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you, and I'm sending you to change these attitudes, to change the fruits, to undo with the power of the Holy Spirit the fruits of Babel. Does that make sense? We, yeah, it does. And, and we've been preparing our own hearts these last eight days uh, with the novena to the Holy Spirit and calling upon the Holy Spirit to outpour his love and mercy on us. Exactly. And so now, if we really mean that prayer, we're, play, we're accepting a great responsibility. We're accepting to be voices of Jesus Christ, to let his Spirit speak through us, through our actions, and through our words. So, calls for great dignity. It calls for tremendous respect. But it, it, it also calls for honesty, for calling out injustice and violence in hatred and especially racism. It, you know, the, that the responsibility now that we accept by praying for these gifts as we have been is then to say, okay, you've, you've got the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit within you. Use your voice to proclaim the reality of the Lord, you know, to go back to the gospel today, tend his sheep, feed his lambs. Um, so it's a great thing that we've been doing these last couple of days in preparing for this Feast of Pentecost, asking for the Lord to fill us with the gifts of the Spirit. But be careful what you ask for. <laughs> be careful what you ask for, because the Lord gives it to us generously, but he expects us now to go out and use those gifts. To transform, yeah, I to heard a the uh, sermon the on uh, the uh, Feast of Pentecost from a college professor of mine, and he continued to ask the question in his homily, and this was from several years ago, do you really mean what you say when you ask the Holy Spirit to come upon us? Do we really believe that? Do we really want that? And if we do, then we do cross the aisle. We do have dialogue, and we do love in difficult times. 
He showed total, you know, total reverence for every human life. Well, this uh, this Sunday, we are, are the Diocese of Columbus and our local Catholic churches are opening up uh, carefully and cautiously, um, and you have given a dispensation as well as the other bishops for Ohio. Through September 13, so those who are immune compromised or at risk are not obligated to attend mass. And in fact, you've recommended that they don't attend mass. Can you speak to yes. the opening Thank of the you. churches, which is an exciting, uh, wonderful time? Sure, and uh, absolutely. I think you're right. This is a wonderful time in terms of the opening of the churches. Um, and, but thank you for reminding everyone about the dispensation because it, it you're always dispensed if you're at risk or you are ill. Uh, but we want to make it clear, but this dispensation is for everybody. So it's not only those who are at risk. We recognize that a lot of people will look and say, wait a minute, it's not prudent for me to go out just yet. It's not prudent for so many of us to gather. So people will exercise their judgment. Yeah, but that's what we want to do. We want to con- that dispensation is there, but we also recognize the longing that people have had to experience Christ in the Eucharist. And so, some maybe it's an occasion that some will say, "Well, maybe this week," or some will say, "Maybe not this week, but I'll go next week, or I'll go during the week." Um, maybe some will just say, "I'm not quite ready." Wherever you are, that's fine. That's fine. The the uh, the dispensate. That's the point of the dispensation so that you can make prudential judgments for yourself and for your family. Uh, but we do want to be saying welcome, 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 and, um, and we will find joy in seeing one another. And we'll talk about this next week, but now, we again, in that spirit of, of the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we also want to be more attentive to those who maybe you're not able to come out just yet because of uh, being at risk. And how, how, how do we say, hey, you're not forgotten. You're not forgotten. I know. I'm, uh, I'm keenly aware of that. We've got to get through this weekend and see what we need to learn. But that's something that's very, very much on my mind, that uh, there are still many who will, still, who will experience isolation. And on Sunday at Mass at 1030, uh, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio will be carrying the Mass as well as columbuscatholic.org on video stream, um, you'll have um, Bishop Campbell celebrating his 40th uh, year of ordination. Yes, he celebrates the 40th anniversary of his ordination, and so he will be with us for Mass on, on Sunday at the 1030 Mass, which, which is great because uh, he, it, it'd be nice for him to be able to celebrate this ordination inside the cathedral. Um, again, like so many... We've all been separated from that. He and so um, he will be with us at the ten thirty mass on Sunday. Congratulations to Bishop Campbell. Well, Bishop Brennan, would you like to close us with your Holy Spirit prayer? Yes, indeed. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. And may Almighty God bless you and all of your families in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bishop Brennan, thank you for sharing your encouragement and hope during this Frontline of Hope update for Friday, the seventh week of Easter, 
And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.